0: All right. And welcome to Winwood Radio. This is Discussions. I'm your host, Ian Hamilton Trottier. Check me out on Twitter at Ian Trottier. That's I A N T R O T T I E R. On Instagram, same handle. And please go to my website, I A N T R O T T I E R.com. And there you can find all of my archived episodes and guests. They're yet to come on to the program. Tom Engelhard will join us today. He's a graduate of Yale University, where he earned an undergraduate degree. He went on to study at Harvard University, where he earned a master's degree, East Asian Studies. Englehart created and runs TomDispatch.com. just so happens that he has two pretty interesting followers. That is, two people that follow him that are of interest. One is WikiLeaks. If you're not familiar with WikiLeaks, have a look. Google it. The other is Soldat O'Brien. She's an anchor for CNN. They happen to follow Tom Dispatch, that is, at Twitter. This is a project, Tom Dispatch is, of the National Institute, where he is a fellow, along with former show guest Al McCoy. And Al has written a book that stands as the gold standard, if you will, for understanding the East Asian Opium trades is heroin. Tom is the author of a highly praised history of American triumphalism in the Cold War. The End of Victory Culture is his book and of a novel, The Last Days of Publishing, as well as a collection of his Tom Dispatch interviews, Mission Unaccomplished. Each spring, he's a teaching fellow at the Graduate School of Journalism at the University of California, Berkeley. We'll hear more from Tom at about the 5.15 mark, but now... I want to bring on a very special guest. We'll be joined in a couple minutes by Barbara. Now, a few weeks ago, a Key West activist by the name of Mila DeMur, I've spoken about her on the press programs. She was opposed to a genetically engineered mosquito manufacturing facility in the Keys. I believe it's Marathon Key. Barbara was with her the morning of their meeting with the EPA in Washington, D.C., just a few weeks ago. Mila was found floating, lifeless, face down in the pool of the hotel the morning prior to the meeting. I'm cutting to a break right now. Not only a memory of Mila, but to also bring back on to Winwood Radio her good friend, Barbara. Moment of silence from Mila. Thanks for joining Discussions. I'm your host, Ian Hamilton Trottier. Okay, and welcome back to Windward Radio. I am your host every Wednesday at 5 o'clock for discussions with Ian Trottier. Initially, this program started about a year and a half ago as the Florida Sun and Spray Show. And it was during the Zika virus and the controversial pesticide that was being sprayed down here in South Florida that I started this program. The name of that pesticide was, was Nailed, is Nailed. It's been around for decades. There's an activist that I just mentioned to you out of Key West— that was highly opposed not only at pesticide, but also genetically genetically engineered, modified mosquitoes, and one plant in particular that uh, is of controversy down in Marathon Key. Now, I bring to program the friend of Mila, a former acquaintance of mine, that is Mila, and Barbara joins me today on Winwood Radio. Barbara, do you hear me, and are you there? Yes, thank
1: you. I am here. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Welcome to Winwood Radio, Barbara. Would you please walk listeners through? Um, we've got about 10 minutes, so we have to kind of work quickly. But would you walk listeners through what went on in Washington, D.C., what you know about what would let up to Mila's passing? And in your opinion, what happened to Mila?
1: Well, what happened was that um, we had just come back uh, the night before. Um, it was Monday, the 9th, and we had come back uh, from having a really great dinner at Haleo. And um, Mila wanted to go uh, swimming in the pool, but they had put a lot of uh, chemicals. So I told her, listen, let's come back the next day. So the next day, Mila came in and she said, listen, I'm going to go take a dip, and I'll be back in 15, 20 minutes so we can go try to meet with some uh, people from Congress, um, meet with the representatives, and uh, go to the EPA and give them our uh, petition, which had already gone over 200,000 signatures. Well, uh, she never came back to the room. After about uh, an hour, I went looking for her, and I figure I'd find her speaking to somebody, of course, about the uh, genetically modified mosquitoes or about dolphins um, being killed in Taiji. Well, when I finally got upstairs to the top floor of the penthouse um, and I opened the stair doors, uh, I was met with resistance, and I was told that the pool was closed. Um, the pool being closed, um, I questioned it, and they said, well, you need to go downstairs to um, the pool, to the um, front desk. So I ran down to the pool, um, I'm sorry, to downstairs to the front desk, and it was full of cops. So I kind of questioned, you know, what's going on? Um, you're telling me the pool is closed. I can't find my girlfriend. She's not picking up breakfast for us. They asked me what room I was in, I told them, and then they just sequestered me to a conference room where I kept on asking where was she and um, that I wouldn't cooperate with the investigation until I found out where she was. Well, finally, after I told them that they were going to need a search warrant to go into the room, they told me what had happened and that uh, Mila had unfortunately had drowned.
0: Barbara what was your first thought when that when you received that information?
1: Well, my first thought to tell you the truth was I was upstairs and I don't recall exactly if it was security or a regular woman cop was homie cop. you know we're activists. we got arrested in Washington, you know and um and unfortunately, it was at that. that. So my first thought was that she was arrested. So when I came back down and I saw paramedics and the police, I figured she was arrested or they had been an accident. And she was injured. Maybe she was in the ambulance. But when I kept, you know, just asking them what happened, what happened, they said, unfortunately, there had been an accident. And um, after 45 minutes of the paramedics uh, trying to revive her, she had dropped.
0: Had she had problems swimming in the past?
1: No, she's never had problems, but um, Mila did suffer from uh, epileptic seizures.
0: Has a, an autopsy revealed?
1: Uh, the autopsy, I have not seen it myself, but when I spoke to uh, Jennifer Love, the uh, M.E. in Washington, she had told me that they couldn't identify her But, yes, that she had drowned due to an epileptic attack. So I asked her, I said, did you do an MRI? She said, no. I said, so you mean to tell me you can't identify her because I have shown her pictures and IDs and everything that I, you know, facts to her. But you took my word on it that she, you know, she had an epileptic feature. She drowned that way. So it was a little bit, you know concerning shocking yes yeah. and there was cameras there and um another concern that i had was the news had already broken in the in some of the uh, washington newspapers but i was still sequestered in a conference room and it said mila demir there you know she was identified she drowned but I could, was not allowed to go back into the room until approximately 2 o'clock so it, it's to me I have a lot of unanswered questions
0: uh-huh.
1: and before we flew out of a few days before we flew out of Key West I had asked her and I said you know my friend how how, how when was last time you had had a a seizure and she said oh it's been a while it's been over 6 months uh-huh. And I took it as you know she was well, or at least under control. So, uh
0: huh. Um, have you seen the video footage?
1: No, I have not.
0: Have you requested I'm still to waiting
1: see it for somebody to yeah. to um for it to be released?
0: Uh huh. And and Barbara, you mentioned you have questions unanswered. Do you? Go ahead.
1: Yes, I do. I do. I mean, you know, I was told that she didn't get, like, uh, warning signals like every other epileptic would get. They just came on her, and um, her boyfriend had told me that she has had them in the past. And um, they've pulled off the road and have allowed her to have
0: them, and sometimes
1: never very long. Uh huh. Oh, I, I don't know. I never, and I've traveled, traveled with her.
0: Had you? Had uh, she ever received any anything. death threats?
1: Well, I know that the Atrexon, um message board wanted her head. They were hoping that she was dead, and the Trexon board—those are the people that had purchased. Um, they had purchased uh, what you call them? Sorry. Um, they had purchased interest into the Intrexon Oxytech uh-huh. company. They had, um, I can't think of the word right now, I'm sorry. It's all right. They had versus stock. That's the word, stock. Uh-huh. And I had gone in there because she had given me her her, her um, passwords to go in there. And yes, they were hoping she'd die, you I know, hope you'd rot, I hope you know you know that you are Responsible for a lot of Zika babies being born, and the huh. only thing she wanted was she wanted to make sure that there were protocols, safety standards put into place, because biotech is a very new um, way of testing stuff, and there is a law that you you know no consent if you're not giving the right to consent you shouldn't. Be a guinea pig, and that's what her main concern. She didn't want the regular Joe public to be used as guinea pigs. Unknown, uh, right? You know the um, the GM mosquitoes. They were generally uh, they're made up with E. coli, herpes complex uh, viruses, uh, cabbage, coral, and they are also are washed in a tetracycline. And um, one of the doctors that is working alongside with us has a petition against, you know, the antibiotic resistance. And he wants to test these these, uh, mosquitoes before the general public gets bitten by that. You know, there's a lot of people that are going through chemo and QS, that their immune system is compromised due to possibly AIDS, chemo just you know age and he wants to make sure that this does not become a problem and it's very simple allow Dr. Norris um, to get his hands on some of the mosquitoes so that he can test them but he has tested some that were released in Grand Cayman and they are dirty mosquitoes in other words that's how I would be able to explain them they do they're not as clean as you would think because they receive a tetracycline wash. They're still able to get people sick.
0: And Barbara, do you suspect the possibility of foul play here?
1: Well, as harp being my best friend and I'm also have another question that there was an eyewitness and reports stated that the eyewitness called 911, but did not jump in the pool and pull a droning victim out. I think the first thing you do is you you take the person and you take them out of harm's way. You make sure that you try to you know provide CPR and then at the same time try to somehow call 911. And these are just unanswered questions that I have.
0: No. Barbara, we're out of time. I appreciate the thank short you. time on Winwood Radio, and I look forward to uh, being in touch with you in the future. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, I, go ahead. Thank you. Do you thank have? You.
1: Thank you for allowing me the possibilities and people in Harris County, Texas. Be on the lookout; they're coming for you next.
0: Thank you, Ian. Okay. Thanks, Barbara. Bye bye. You're welcome. Bye bye. I will return with almond god. You
1: know, man. Yeah, I heard you man. Yo, check yo. Yeah a conniption fit when the microphone's lit i take it higher like a bird on a wire retire the fire i'll never cause i'm just moving on up choosing to touch the unseen craving the clutch the most inevitable legible pyromania slaying the devil and sending them back to transylvania strangely enough i evolved outside of the ghetto but my heavy metal will settle the puppets like the pedo damn No time to get down, cause I'm movin' up. No time to get down, cause I'm movin' up. Shake off the crabs in the bucket. No time to get down, cause I'm movin' up.
0: Okay, and welcome back to Winwood Radio. I'm your host, Ian Hamilton Trottier. You have joined Discussions Wednesday, 5 o'clock always. And I have online now a very special guest, Tom Engelhart of TomDispatch.com. Tom, are you there with us?
2: I am absolutely here, Ian.
0: Fantastic. Tom, are you in New York or Boston? Uh, I am. You're in New York.
2: I'm in New York. Yep.
0: Great, and uh, I understand.
2: I mind being in Florida, but I'm in New York.
0: <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> well, the, the reason I say that is because we've got uh, anyway. There's plenty of controversy everywhere, but one uh, one of the one of the issues that we're we're dealing with here is um, genetically engineered mosquitoes, and uh, unfortunately, one of the strong activists for that. Uh, Mila Demur uh, was found. Um, well, she she was found found lifeless in a swimming pool in Washington D.C. Oh. Uh, just a few weeks ago. Oh as she uh, was ready to present her 200,000 signatures to the EPA. Oh my god! Anyway, so yeah. Uh, but uh, but but the weather's pretty good.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> so, Tom, you know um, Al McCoy.
2: I do know Al McCoy. It's true. It's true. <laughs> How Al do you know? i in the decline of America. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, um, Uh, And and so, okay, so, Tom, would you tell listeners uh, I I, I gave a a brief intro as I opened up the show at about the the five o'clock hour? Uh, That's Eastern Standard. Uh, But would you give listeners a little bit of uh, a little bit of history about who you are, your background? I know that you've been interviewed before by Jeremy Skyhill and uh, you've written some fascinating books. And I I actually have one in my hand right now. It's called The Nation Unmade by War. Uh, But uh, if you could give an intro and kind of uh, introduce uh, us to uh, to who you are.
2: Born in 1944, a a, a period of war mobilization. Of course, I was way too young for that, but my parents were both mobilized. As as a youth, I I mobilized. You know, I was in another period of mobilization, which was the uh, the Vietnam War period. Um, I. I, uh, in my in my in what you might call my real life, I I've been most of my life. I was a book editor. I mean, I I've, I've written on the side, but I've I've published all sorts of people. You know, I mean, in this period, Chalmers Johnson, Noam Chomsky, and Urebasovich, wow. so on and so forth. Um, in after nine eleven, I'm living in New York. I was here, you know. We we I mean, we felt the shock everywhere, but there was a certain kind of shock in New York. And after nine eleven when within a couple of days the bush administration had basically declared global war and donald rumsfeld the defense secretary was talking about targeting sixty countries and so on and so forth i i I had a feeling that that this was going to be the worst period of my life i have two kids and i just didn't want to not do anything and turn a miserable world over to them it turns out i've done something and i'm still doing still turning a miserable world over to them but Mm. but and and tom dispatch was kind of a happenstance I, i I saw an article by an Afghan refugee that that talked about it was it was October 2001 and he talked about bombing the rubble. Um, and I thought because Afghanistan was already rubble, it had been through basically two wars, one of ours and another one. And I thought it was such a striking image, and I sent it around to friends. And all of a sudden, I started gathering things, other pieces, and sending them out because I thought our news was kind of shri- the mainstream news was shrinking. And the next thing I knew the Nation Institute had put me up as a site and I was doing, you know, I was dealing with Al McCoy and so on and so forth and doing I all those years I spent as an editor left me with a lot of interesting people to possibly write. And and it just mm-hmm. it just it it was one of those things I stumbled into. It just turned into it, Tom dispatch happened to me in some way because of our moment. That's I guess where I am now.
0: That's wonderful. And and and, and, and Tom uh, is is this a, uh, a, res- a result of 9-11 for you, Tom Dispatch?
2: Yes, I would say. I mean, it, it quite literally was, yes, of, of the shock of it all, and, but, but particularly of the shock of how our country reacted to 9-11. I mean, you know, when you, and, 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 and it's something that I've carried through all these years because, you know, we've now fought— you know, we're heading towards 17 years of wars across a, a huge swath of the planet. You can start with the Philippines, Pakistan, make your way into the Middle East, across the Middle East, and into northern Africa, and as we know from last October into Niger, where four Green Berets died. I mean, we're fighting, we're fighting these endless wars it's really a state of permanent war in Washington and elsewhere. I mean, I, I noticed recently that the Washington Post reported that, that in the Pentagon, some of the senior commanders are speaking of infinite war now.
0: Oh, I mean, my God! It'll never
2: end. Yeah. So, so I, I think that sense that instead of reacting reasonably to – because, you know, oddly enough, the people in, people in New York, in, in the place where it happened, reacted more calmly, I think, than much of the rest of the country – and instead of going after a tiny group of jihadis, I mean, a few thousand people, you know, and, and and as a literal police action, I mean, that idea was laughed out of court. And the the the, the administration of a guy we've almost forgotten, George W. Bush, they, they were geopolitical dreamers, and they imagined themselves. I mean, they were the last superpower. You know, we were. They, they were. This country was talked about as the lone superpower, the sole superpower, et cetera, et cetera. And they thought they they actually. They were ready. They were primed for this. And when it happened, they, it, it loosed them. It loosed their dreams of taking, of creating a kind of a Pax Americana in the greater Middle East, Middle East, and the kind of Pax Republicana at home, of course. And it led them to places that proved, and particularly to the invasion of Iraq, that proved, uh, proved truly horrific.
0: Now, mainstream media... Can certainly tend to over traumatize situations. Yeah, I, I've had. There's two people I want to mention to you, Tom. Uh, Stephen Kinzer. He's a former New York Times correspondent. He's currently a fellow at, uh, I think it's uh, at the Brown University at Watson Institute. Or uh, and in uh, in his recent book, um, yeah. the, the True Flag, it speaks about yeah. Teddy Roosevelt. Anti-imperialistic movement, which was really sitting very heavily in Congress. It was a very common feeling at that time. This is the 1890s, and and, uh, or or excuse me, uh, Mark Twain's anti-imperialistic movement. Uh, Uh,
2: Yeah, well, I don't remember, but I know exactly what you're talking
0: about. Yes. So what 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 kind of reverberates, Tom, is this kind of. And what I'm getting into, and and, and 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 maybe you can talk a little bit more about it, but I think that certainly we know that by the decade and by the year media becomes more concentrated. And that is the information that's distributed to the average American. Now, this is why I'd mentioned the second. Person I wanted to mention that I'd spoken to and she's a former uh, a policy senior policy advisor in the, the Reagan administration. Her name is Charlotte Eisbit and she had mentioned to me she said and, and she was a she was a senior policy advisor for the Department of Education she was she was relieved. By Reagan, she was let go because she was in opposition of a program in the early '80s called BEST, which is the Better Betterment of Education through Skills and Technology. She was opposed to it because it took too much power, gave too much, it took too much power away from the from the parents, it gave it gave too much power to the state. But she had, uh, upon our closing uh, con- uh, uh, conversation, she had basically alluded to. The importance of independent news streams, much like Tom Dispatch is, to educate the masses and the importance of that, because mainstream media, like like I think both of us have kind of alluded to so far, it's just it's way too narrowed in the information that is given. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what do you I, I, two things come to my mind, Tom, and that is the military-industrial complex and the second one and if you don't want to go into either one of them then go somewhere else but the second one I'm would, happy to. Oh, go ahead. great go ahead. the second one is what do you think of this kind of concept that again it kind of reverberates through the generations but it's clear on 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 the notes that we trade for for products in society that is a, 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 that is a phrase that's called novus ordo seclorum it's a, the new world order uh, and you can, if you want to talk about that, please do. But, but, talk about the military-industrial complex in, in your in your eyes for us.
2: Well, what what I would actually say, what, let me. I tend to think of it, you know, the military-industrial complex. By the way, Stephen Kinsner does wonderful stuff. I, I I really like his stuff, and he actually did a piece for Tom Dispatch long ago. But anyway, um, the I, I the, the the key thing that. I talk about, and it, it includes military-industrial complex. is the national security state. Because one of the things that's changed in our age, in our 21st century age, I mean, it had been coming for a while, obviously, is the rise of, you know, uh, we all learned in, in, in high school, or maybe even elementary school, that, that that America has a tripartite form of government, you know, three the the... The, sure. the president, the Congress, and the Supreme Court. Well, it turns out now that we are some kind of quadri-something form of government because the national security state has risen to a kind of power that I think is, is striking. And, and that includes what, what I Dwight D. Eisenhower, our president from the 50s, first called the military-industrial complex. But even the military-industrial complex has risen and changed in certain ways, because because many of these corporations, as we've gone into a state of permanent war and permanent surveillance and permanent, in, it, you know, I mean, we now have 17 major intelligence agencies, to give you an example. I mean, uh, with, with a budget of $70 billion a year, it's really startling. The money, money comes out of everywhere else, infrastructure, whatever you want to talk about, but it goes into... What used to be called the military-industrial complex, and now I would call the national security state. I mean, it's now the estimate at Tom Dispatch by experts is about a trillion dollars a year it goes into some aspect. You know, there's the Pentagon budget, there's the uh, uh, there's the U.S. nuclear stuff, there's uh, the intelligence agencies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's the, there's the war budget, but it's about a trillion dollars a year. And this is, uh, you know, this is and 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 and, and along with this has gone a kind of, I don't know if you'd quite call it an ideology, but a, but a, but but an idea that the national security state is making us safe. And our job as citizens is basically to be safe, but not to be terribly involved or informed otherwise. Secrecy has, has crept into, I mean, there was always secrecy in Washington, but secrecy has become a major thing in Washington. I mean, we don't know. A lot of what goes on, at least in, in, in terms of the national security study. We, ju- we just don't know, and we're not supposed to know because it's supposed to keep us safe. I, I think a lot of this you know, runs against the old idea of an American democracy. I mean, we now have—I mean, hey, you, you would have to add to that you know, the fact that so much money has been rising in this society, that you, you've got a, a class of one percenters who begin, with a little help from the Supreme Court, dumping money back into the election process, and when we were all, uh, you know, buying politicians, and we finally ended up with a um, with a billionaire who, huh. in essence, bought himself as his president. We, we, I mean, it's 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 a, it is a really changed situation, and even that old military-industrial complex has turned into a series of warrior corporations. They, they're they're going to war with the U.S. military. Now, I could go on about that, but maybe I'll stop there.
0: The legendary Chicago crime boss of the 1920s, Al Capone, once told British journalists, and this is a quote from your latest book, A Nation Unmade by War. Claude Cock- Cockburn, listen, don't get the idea. Don't get the idea I'm one of those gosh darn radicals. There's another word in there that's written. I Don't get the idea I'm knocking the American system. My rackets are run on strictly American lines. And this is very key. Capitalism, call it what you like, gives to each and every one of us a great opportunity if only we seize it with both hands and make the most of it. Indeed, Trump's rackets, you you say, after you've quoted Al Capone, are similarly run on strictly American lines. And you go on to say that he's the Tony Soprano of casino capitalism and so couldn't be more American I had Paul Williams, uh, I believe he's teaching up in, in Canada. He's a former consultant for the FBI. And mm-hmm. what he did was he drew parallels and he, he talked about something called Operation Gladio. Have you ever heard of it?
2: No, I haven't actually.
0: So, Operation Gladio, he says, still exists, but there's kind of sub operations involved. Now, he talks about, you're talking about secrecy and, 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 and <laughs> with 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 Dr. Williams he says he says Ian look the CIA has had they they've had contracts and they've had dealings with the Vatican bank for decades i find it interesting and 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 i was i i i, I suggested that we pose and and and, and get together to Educate the pilots that sprayed a, a, a very controversial pesticide uh, down at the Tamiani Airport, and that's just about northwest of of, of the, the, the Air Force Base down there in Homestead. This is South Florida. I, I befriended a lawyer that I thought could help. She says, let me check in. I think she's a former Navy lawyer. She says, Ian, the word that I get, the word that I'm getting is don't do it because you'd be charged— You'll be be forced onto private property, arrested. I have this in a text message, arrested. And you'll be charged with a felony, and they will probably even tack on a charge of terrorism. I mean, this is, like, totally mind-boggling to me, Tom, because all I'm doing is saying, hey, here's here's the information from Europe. Here are the studies from Sweden. This is why the union in Europe has banned this product. It's called nailed and yet I can't hold up a sign on a, on a public street that I'm yep. paying taxes yep. for to educate the yep. pilots that are flying these planes and spraying this pesticide? So it's getting, it's getting a little outrageous. Tell us a little bit about Tom Dispatch, what you're currently working on, and, and tell, us, tell us more about that, that think tank. Tell us more about what was
2: the last?
0: Tom Dispatch.
2: Um, well, I mean, to give you an example, uh, here's here's what's coming up in the next. Uh, I, I, I put out three long kind of framework pieces a week by different people. The next one coming up, it's it's um, two experts on you know weaponry, the Pentagon, et cetera, et cetera. But they have nailed down the Saudi influence campaign in Washington. Uh-huh. Uh, a guy named Bill Hartung and a guy named Ben Freeman, and it's it's mind i mean given given that that trump of course has fallen in love with the saudis and they spent a lot of money making sure that he would do so uh and given the fact that he just junked the uh, iran nuclear deal um i think it's a pretty striking piece because they (laughs) have they have the basic information on a, a staggering saudi influence campaign in washington the number of PR firms they hired, which, again, would just stagger you, and, uh, you know, and, and what they've been doing. I mean, you, it, it is a kind of paid-for love affair in Washington between them and Trump. So that's one that's coming up. I have one from uh, uh, Michael Clare, who's um, uh, another expert on our, our world. It's kind of, kind of like Al McCoy, actually. Uh, and he has a piece coming up uh, Sunday night on the what he calls the the – the third Gulf War, because
0: oh, the, the wow. junking
2: of this, I mean, the junking of this treaty by
0: yeah. Trump, yeah. A,
2: it, it, it has a certain, it, it, there's a certain feeling, if, for those of us who remember the lead up to the Iraq War, okay. in which a president was surrounded by a bellicose group of guys who wanted to knock out, in that case it was Iraq, not Iran, um, um, it, you, you can feel you know something like that now, because Trump has surrounded himself, particularly his latest guys, with uh, uh, his new national security guy, John Bolton, and his uh, his new secretary of state, former CIA director Mike Pompeo, um, and they are they have long been on the record as being eager to basically, in essence, take out Iran. So 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 Claire's piece is is, is begins to look wow. to think about what a third a third Gulf War would look like, because we've had two. And of course, the truth of all of this, all our war making is, uh, I mean, you might ask the question, Is anybody can ever learn anything, since for 16 years, every step we've taken in this region yeah. has only led to something worse, more terror groups, more failed states, more whatever. You would think that we might at some point think about stopping, but yeah. I don't think that's going to
0: happen. Right. It sounds like it's not. It sounds like it. It sounds like it absolutely is not. And 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 this is, this is, this is this. I don't know how you see the Federal Reserve, and I like to talk about that as much as possible. Um, was it two weeks ago? I had on author G. Edward Griffin, and he's let, dedicated.
2: Let me let me, let me interrupt you here because I know my expertise. I actually had a nice piece recently by Nomi. You did. You know her? Yeah, whose new book is collusion on the Federal Reserve. But I myself, you know, I would I would claim no no real knowledge other than you know a little bit that I've read on. It's just a subject I'm happy to listen to you talk about. And I think it's (laughs) something I would have I would have nothing nothing special to say about. I just want you to know that.
0: Okay, that's me. Okay. No, we'll, we'll 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 concentrate on other things, but the Federal Reserve is something that, that that is that is of course it's not open to the public and it's private, it doesn't get audited, uh, yet it somehow it, of course it it provides, it provides the money for all the commercial banks and it it, it seems to be funding the US government. Uh, you know, JFK had kind of set in motion uh, his uh, his greenbacks which was uh, to try to get, uh, try to get, the, get, get the currency flowing through the 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 the, econ- the economy in the U.S. that was backed on the gold standard, uh, because the, the, of course the Federal Reserve claims that they have they have no 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 gold, you know, there's no gold in their vault, and then uh, you know do, do, does the treasurer, do, do the U.S. Treasury, does it have any gold? So that you know those are kind of issues. Nomi Prince is actually. Uh, Glad you brought her name up. She's actually—I've uh, spoken to her publicist, and and uh, I've got her down to actually join the program here next uh, next week. What's your relationship with Nomi?
2: I, I, I publish her regularly. I just did a piece <laughs> on uh, on the Federal Reserve by her. I mean, so that's that's what I know about the Federal Reserve. What she taught me. I mean, I for instance do know that no president since the Federal Reserve started, I think, with Wilson no president is is going to have had that's right. more opportunities than Trump to appoint somebody to the Federal Reserve. So this is going to be this will be his Federal Reserve. And if you look at the crazed world we're already in, that's probably not the happiest thing either. But, but she's she's great. She's been writing for me for years now.
0: Oh, Good fantastic. Okay, excellent. I can think I, she's
2: I bring up Can I bring up the subject?
0: Absolutely, Tom. Yes, please do.
2: Okay. <laughs> okay, let me, because I mean, it, it, goes, it goes with the other things that I, I've been talking about, but I did want to mention, because I mentioned that I was born in a mobilization moment, war mobilization moment, and I grew up in another one. One was for a war and one was against a war. That was World War II and Vietnam. But, but I think the strange thing about, for, for me, and a and, and, uh, focus at Thomas Fetch for the last 16 or 17 years is that with one odd moment, which was the moment before the invasion of Iraq when hundreds of thousands of Americans turned out in the streets, millions of people worldwide, to say, don't do it, because it looked like an obvious disaster, which it was. Um, but except for that moment, Americans have been, and this this goes with some of the other things we're talking about, about the rise of the national security state and so on and so forth. It, it, the, 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 this The American people as citizens, are demobilized when it comes to war now. I mean, once upon a time, you know, at least if you had wars, you were taxed for them or you, 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 you did victory gardens or you went out and protested, whatever it was. But now I think mostly America fights wars across thousands of miles of the planet for year after year after year. And in essence, there's nobody. Who, who is talking about Afghan, the Afghan war here? Really no one. You know, I mean, right. it's an nobody talks about phenomenon. it. Phenomenon, and 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 I think you can attribute a certain amount of it, at least, to Richard Nixon's decision long, long ago to do away with the draft mm. and create an all-volunteer military. It was it was a decisive decision, and it's the thing that allows these wars to go on endlessly without people paying attention.
0: What what was it like for you uh, to live through the Vietnam War? What what was that like?
2: Uh, gosh, it, was, it it swept me into another universe. I think uh, it was. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I you know, I, I was someone I I I was someone who had grown up dreaming of serving the government. Wow. I dreamt of being a State Department official. I mean, an official, whatever whatever my dream was. I mm-hmm. I certainly dreamt of serving the government and. And you know, I think one of the shocks of my life was to find myself in opposition to that war, um, but but to also to find us thousands of miles away using our uh, using a firepower we hadn't even used in World War II to kill kill peasants basically yeah. across Southeast Asia. So it was it. It probably changed my life and direction. And, I mean, I, I, it would take more time than we have to tell you the story of of, of how it how it sent me in a different. But it did. I, I ended up doing a, quite a different series of things. And and I suppose that I now think that that urge to serve, to be of service, that that I had when I was young, I've applied to in an oppositional way to Tom Dispatch. Is how I feel. I mean, you know, I've been doing this now for sixteen years and it's a, kind of a I have help but it's a largely one man operation and you know I it just it's 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 my attempt to contribute something to the universe.
0: Tom, how do you feel about your government?
2: So I uh, watched sorry.
0: How do you feel about your uh, government?
2: <laughs> well, not very good at any level. Um, you know, I, I mean, as I say, I think, I think, you know, we are now, we are, you know, I often think about bringing my parents back, my long-dead parents back into this world and saying to them things like, you know, imagine, we, we've just put, the, the cost of war project at Brown University estimates that so far we put $5.6 trillion into our wars. Now, now that includes a little bit of future costs, that is uh, caring for, you know the veterans who, yeah. who who have gotten, you know, harmed, mangled, whatever sure. in those wars, um, but but that's still a staggering sum. And what? But but if I brought them back and said to them, "Look, we just put five point six trillion dollars yeah. into our wars, and we are putting, in essence, next to no money into American infrastructure," right. they wouldn't believe it. <laughs> right. uh, somebody from the 1950s or 60s wouldn't imagine that we would not keep up infrastructure. I mean that's we 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 are at every level and it doesn't matter what you're looking at in a different world and of course then we we have this strange presidency we've never had no human being in history has ever been attended to this way. I mean, you know, my hometown paper here is the New York Times and I yeah. the other day I just counted up reporters who were just reporting on Trump, you know, and it's it's staggering. We've never had I mean I mean this would be like the way there, this would be the sort of reporting you might get at the moment for five days at the moment of the Kennedy assassination, but it's not every day.
0: Yeah. yeah. Every
2: single day, I go to the gym almost every day, and I walk through a room with the TV playing Trump's faces on that TV. My you know, Nine out of ten times, and the other time it's three talking heads, and with a headline that says Trump does something or other. I mean, I mean, it blocks. You know, right? The Trump presidency. This kind of media event, it blocks us from seeing a lot of what's important in the world, which isn't Donald Trump.
0: Well, <laughs> yeah, it's far from it. I mean, he's not, he's, he's a basically, he's a clown in a sense. He's hes yeah. like a puppet. Yeah. I mean, he's firing this person and firing that person. It seems similarly eerie to the TV show that he was producing or hosting. It,
2: it, you know, I was thinking that the other day because I thought, you know, he keeps firing people and I thought, my God, you know, he really is still doing The Apprentice. You're fired. Right, right. I mean,
0: it's very strange. Exactly. It's 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 almost as if, uh, he he is. He, it's almost it's Tom. It's almost as if a a screenplay has been written. He is he he has been a character has been written for him and what how he is to perform and he is following the performance and he's being paid to perform in that play. That is what I I'm thinking of when I see how he conducts himself uh, and, and 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 operates out of the Oval Office and sleeps on the White House. It, it, it certainly doesn't make me uh, uh, it, it doesn't make me uh, 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 patriotic to be an American and, and know what these what these founding fathers had written this U.S. Constitution for. And what 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 that document stands for, because it is almost like a completely opposite of what we're seeing with how he conducts himself.
2: Yeah, you, you know, uh, I mean, one of the things. You know, when I think about our world, one of the things that actually horrifies I me—and of course, it, 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 it's, it's very relevant to Florida, a low-lying coastal area—is that he may be a clown, but he's brought into government. I mean, it's the damnedest collection of climate change deniers. Oh my god uh, You—you can imagine. And, and I, I mean, right now, well we're focused only on Donald Trump, and while we fight these wars in, into eternity. The actual planet, the planet that has welcomed humanity for thousands of years, is in a sense over a long term and in a slow way going down. And they are, you know, he and his guys are doing everything they possibly can to actually literally take it down. I mean, I mean, we saw what just happened to to Puerto Rico. We can see, you know, it's obvious you know that that there is an increase in, in extreme weather there's something I mean we we've had 16 i think if i remember correctly 16 of the 17 16 of the last 17 years are the hottest on record according to you know NOAA uh, according to the uh, National Oceanic uh, uh, or at least the 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 one that existed before Trump took it over and they started to take down climate change science and so on and so forth. so i think to myself you know i mean the the i think these guys could end up being the greatest criminals in history because they will have they will have they will have whatever else they did, they will have helped, they will have done their damnedest to take down the planet.
0: That's me. Yeah, no, I mean there's, there's 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 lots of angles. I've had Ken Caldera, he's a He's a fellow at Stanford. He 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 wrote the. Uh, he was a chief author of the carbon cycle report that got presented to to the Senate. Uh, I believe that was in, during the Obama administration. Um, and it's you know it's there's there's just it's it's that, that's exactly right. So the question is, and maybe this is this is how we can spend our last few moments, Tom, and 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 I admire what you're doing. And by the way, whether you realize it or not. Uh, I looked at Tom Dispatch on Twitter, and it's actually followed by uh, two pretty prominent and interesting uh, accounts, and that is the WikiLeaks. Uh, They follow Tom Dispatch on Twitter. And then Soldat O'Brien, who's a CNN uh, anchor, also follows uh, Tom Dispatch. So whatever you're doing, uh, (laughs) looks like you're digging properly.
2: And tell tell all your listeners to look for my new book, which is going to hit the bookstores in a week or two, a nation unmade by war. My
0: one ad. Oh, it's not out yet.
2: No, it's just coming out. It's, it's, it, I mean, you can get it online. You can buy it online now. It's just you know making it into the stores in the next
0: week or so. Okay, great. So let's uh, let's spend the past few moments. I want to you can you can you can give give listeners a teaser. Um, maybe you know what what, uh, what what you've gone through in the nation unmade by war, and then and then also. Um, uh, just uh, a kind of admonish listeners on how to uh, how to spend their time wisely because uh, because uh, turning on uh, turning on the TV and listening to uh, what's going on with Trump may may or may not depending on how they receive it uh, be a useful uh, 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 use use of their time. Uh, so if you could kind of uh, talk about those uh, two wait, things, you
2: know, wait, what was the first thing? I just didn't <laughs> like that.
0: Yeah, sorry, it just I'm kind of an
2: old guy. My hearing's terrible. <laughs>
0: Uh, so a nation unmade by war uh, tell listeners a, a, a little nutshell about that
2: okay um, it, it, it really it's just it, it, it's put together from the writings I've done in the last year and a half and it, and it just I mean it covers the 2016 election it covers but 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 it focuses basically the things we've been talking about today a demobilized nation uh, a country fighting infinite wars um, a, a a, a country that's becoming increasingly unrecognizable, if you want to put it this way, uh, bringing up your your, your, your your friend Al McCoy and mine, um, <laughs> a, a nation that's in decline. The most interesting thing about Donald Trump, I thought in that election, and I wrote it at the time, and this was before the actual election back in 2016, is everybody focused on that phrase, make America great again <clears> – <throat> But nobody focused on the again. He was the—I mean, I think one of the things that helped him win was that he was the only politician in America. Every other politician had to say this was the indispensable, most indispensable, exceptional, greatest country on earth. Donald Trump did not say that, and he rang a bell on the heartland because of that. That, again, mm-hmm. make America great again, says America is not great now. He was our first declinist candidate, and, and it's an indication of where we're going, he didn't come out of the blue. I mean, he came out of the blue yeah. in many senses, but but it much was prepared for him. As far as what people should do, you know, I uh, this this I, at Tom Dispatch, the other the thing I don't do. Tom Dispatch presents kind of frameworks. I mean, it presents it tries to explain at least in a fashion that you're probably not going to read in the mainstream how things are working now. But I don't tend to tell people. I tend to think, why should I know what? Other people should do better than they know, you know. So I don't tend to actually offer advice to people about what they should do. So not hard enough to figure out what I should do. hmm
0: hmm hmm And and what 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 are you doing with Tom Dispatch? Are you questioning your government? Are you questioning what happened post? What is happening post nine eleven? Why it's happening?
2: Yes, I absolutely, I certainly am, and I am and I am questioning. You know, I'm questioning why. You know, what? You know, I'm questioning the rise in Washington of a new style of governments mm. and of, of 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 a national security state that comes with it. That, that is focused on making us safe really from only one thing, which is which is a thing that almost won't won't touch any American, and that's Islamic terrorism. I mean, you know, thirty two thousand people a year die on the roads, but they, the National Security State doesn't focus on that. They're focused on this 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 one terrifying thing for Americans that seems to give them the ability to do to to, to absorb endless money and do more or less what they want in secret. And it's it's you know the fact is that it's 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 not as significant as we tend to imagine. I mean, it's gotten much worse. These the wars we fought have made have, 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 have in essence produced terror groups across parts of the planet. But but, but nonetheless I think our you know our our, our, our we, we're we're so out of balance now. That's what I would say. That the government is now you know and, and, and we were so out of balance i don't think donald trump was a mistake we were so out of balance that we that we picked this country picked uh, a near majority of this country picked an out of balance person to run the country i mean I, I don't again i think this came out of somewhere donald trump didn't come out of nowhere in that sense he came out of changes in the 21st century changes and before. And I, you know, of course, I go into much more detail about this at Tom Dispatch, but, but that's very
0: vague, but there we are. Wonderful. And it seems that quite possibly this, uh, this defense uh, that the government is building against this is Islamic terrorism is very possibly not representing the true flag, and that is the true identity of this country and the people that make it that
2: I think that's true and I would say the other day there was a story that uh, that uh, that the NSA between I think 2015 and 2016 or maybe 2016 and 2017 had tripled the number of uh, American phone calls and text messages that they were collecting. And I think wow. the, 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 the surveillance system across the world, I think the system that is being created here, it would make the totalitarian rulers of the 20th century blink. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, some of it. And I don't mean that that, that we, we are not Soviet, Russia, or whatever. But yep. but I think, you know, in terms of things like surveillance, we are so far ahead of what those governments could
0: do, could even dream of, Sorry. quite possibly.
2: Dream up, exactly. Well, of yeah. course, yeah. technologically, among other things.
0: Tom, so. thank you so much for your time in joining Winwood Radio. It's been a, it's been beyond a pleasure to have you.
2: Well, I got a kick out of it, Ian. thank you very much. And I, uh, maybe another time. I Bye. look forward
0: to it. Okay, have a great day. Thank you, Tom. Ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Tom Engelhart of Tom Dispatch, please look for his new book, A Nation Unmade by War. Some great information, some great topics to discuss. By the way, uh, here's a quote. Tom Englehart is an iconoclast, but he also is the latest exemplar of a great American tradition. Again and again, he goes to the heart of the matter and often makes me feel enviously. How could I have missed that? That's a quote regarding his newest book, A Nation Unmade by War. The quote is given by Adam Hochschild. He's the author of King Leopard's Ghost. Leopold, excuse me, King Leopold's Ghost, a story of greed, terror, and heroism in colonial Africa. Wonderful, wonderful information, and we're so grateful to have had Tom join us today on Winwood Radio and discussions with Ian Trottier. I will take a short break. If you're longing for that Metallica, I'll cut out with it. And I'll come right back to close out the program. Thanks for joining us. Whether you realize it or not, folks, (laughs) you're already in it. You don't need to jump in it. You're in it. You heard it right there from Tom Englehart. We're in the fire. 17 surveillance departments. Kevin Shep has agreed to come on the program. We will be hosting Kevin. I had to reschedule him because I, well, I was out of town. I had to reschedule him. So that date will be mentioned soon. I will mention that June 6th, he's a native of New York. He's a former U.S. Army Infantry and Intelligence Officer and former 27-year career with the CIA. Ray McGovern will be joining the program. Got some great, great, great guests. I've got Nomi Prins on the books for next week. And it just so happens that she writes for Tom And Tom Dispatch. Tom brought up a very interesting question. And this is why I do my program. When a crap duster buzzes over your town and over your house and sprays you with a controversial pesticide that some studies and universities and governments around the world are calling a neurotoxin, perhaps you may feel that that is an invasion. Of your airspace similar to having a bomb dropped on you. No, of course. It doesn't kill you immediately. Weather modification, geoengineering, climate change It's happening. How could it not be? I talk to people that come down to Miami. They say it was 30 degrees in New York a couple weeks ago, and then the next week it was 80. Is that normal? Supposed to be another big hurricane season in South Florida. And a little food for thought, just something to think about cloud seeding. It's a real thing. Hanoi was flooded because the technology to create storms existed. That was during the Vietnam War. This is fact. A hurricane can be manipulated. You just fly an airplane above it and you drop particles and down into it, and it will intensify. Is there any coincidence, folks, that Puerto Rico was slammed and devastated by a hurricane last year? And the year prior, they rejected a shipment of the pesticide that was sprayed here called NALID. It is a known neurotoxin in the uni- in the European Union. GMO Free Florida. That's who Barbara's tied to. And TomDispatch.com. Check both of them out if you will. Please patron my website, IanTrottier.com. If you like what I'm doing, you can donate to it. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Instagram. Winwood Radio. I'm here every Wednesday at 5 o'clock Eastern Standard. You've tuned into discussions with Ian Trotchier. I am he. Thank you. Be well and until next week. Be awesome. Ow!